Over. Smith comes out to the neutral zone. Deals right. Marshall still fires. He scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Smith to Marshall. Four to two Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show Fox Sports Las Vegas Wallace out at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar Millard out at City National Arena and Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios Finley Chevrolet on the 215 home of a trade deadline Wow, uh, what a day. Uh, trade deadline in the COVID era. Didn't really know what to expect. There was a flurry of activity over the course of the weekend and kind of took away some of the big pieces. But I still thought that there was going to be more than what we ended up witnessing. And I'll point specifically to the West Division, the Honda West Division, where the Colorado Avalanche and the Vegas Golden Knights were the only ones that did much in the way of being active and building up. Uh, Los Angeles and Anaheim sold off some pieces. Minnesota and St. Louis in that three and four spot were just firm in, in where they they stood and, and didn't add. Uh, I thought St. Louis might tweak a little bit and maybe uh, get rid of uh, an unrestricted free agent or two and try and add uh, something along that line, but they didn't do anything. It was the two front runners who made the biggest moves, and both of uh, both Colorado and Vegas were, were more on the on the death side of things. Yeah, and you know, I, I think that obviously the big the big thing <laughs> for me. By the way, this is just part and parcel of the day. <laughs> that you and I are both having uh, because uh, we're, we're running around like crazy. Yeah. The fire alarm just went off again. Uh, no way. Where I am. That's uh, amazing. Over at City National Arena. And I, I am going to stay right here with you until I'm forced to go out of the building because of my dedication to the VGK Insider Show. I mean, if, if you're concerned, maybe you should save yourself, Darren. Oh, no, no. Okay. All right. No, I'm well, with you. Was, let the record show I was willing to, you know, try to soldier through this show without any help from Chapman, no less. No, no, no um, help from Chapman. It, it, in order to save your life. So I, I just want that to be known that I'm a team player. I'm a good guy in that way. You are. Now it appears to have stopped. Shortest fire alarm ever. <laughs> it is. That's, that's a record. I've never seen uh, or heard uh, gone through a, a fire alarm uh, like do, that uh, quite do that you, fast. Do you know your building's evacuation plan? I know exactly where I'm going. Okay. I'm hopping the railing. I'm going yep. out. Well, there's only one door into the studio. That's, that's Studio 31. I'm taking a quick left, hopping the railing, and I am out like trout. Yep. Yep. So uh, the Vegas Golden Knights add Matthias Janmark, and the Colorado Avalanche uh, pick up Devin Dubnik and Patrick Nemeth uh, and Siegenthaler, Siegenthaler uh, at the deadline. So that's depth. Depth moves were the order of the day. Uh, what do you know about Matthias Janmark? You know, what I know about Matthias Janmark is that he's the type of player that I think really does fit the mold of what we've seen with the Golden Knights. He, he has speed to his game. You hear Kelly McCrimmon talk about a direct game. You know what you're going to get. He's, he's good on both sides of the puck. He's good defensively. He's shown offensive 
flashes, and he's just the type of guy that I think can fit seamlessly if he has to play up your lineup a little bit or down your lineup a little bit. I think you get a lot of flexibility, and for me, in, in trying to figure out maybe where Yanmark's going to fit within this roster, within this lineup, I get excited about the idea of Yanmark playing with Alex Tuck and the amount of speed you could have in those situations. This is a, a an acquisition that falls uh, really much in the line of the Chandler Stevenson yep. move. Yeah, and that was one where you went. There's some offensive upside, and there is. Matthias Yanmark scored 19 goals in his second year in the National Hockey League, 36 in his first two, has 10 goals this year, and a lot of those came at the uh, the front half of the campaign. So he's got 10 in 40. Do the math on that over the course of a, a regular season. You're in that range of 20 goals, and that's really good. Uh, if you're going to add some depth, like that 20 goal guy playing the wall on your on your third line, uh, I, I'll take that all day long, and that's exactly where they're they're going to slot him in because the first two lines are so solid and uh, and have so much chemistry. The uh, the Yanmark uh, acquisition uh, fits in the line of uh, of speed, uh, versatility, uh, which we know Chandler Stevenson has, and you're you're getting a player. Uh, of of value with potential, but probably when the stock isn't isn't high high. I know Chicago wanted a first round pick for yeah. Yamark. Yeah. They were holding out for a first round pick. They held him out of the lineup the other night, and we're we're really uh, grinding away at uh, at getting that first round selection from whoever they traded him to. It comes down to two hours before the deadline, and you got to make the move. And uh, the Golden Knights uh, end up uh, picking up a Yanmark for uh, a second, which is their second, uh, not the other second-round pick that they also own in the New Jersey Devils, which will be a high, uh, a high second period, <laughs> uh, second-round pick. Yep. So they, they, they j- just by that. Uh, they they move up uh, a number of spots. So I, I think it was a good job of patience uh, by Kelly McCrimmon, but also a good job of uh, of making uh, one of those uh, gambles, those educated gambles on a player that uh, that has a lot of a lot of potential. Yeah, like for me, in terms of trades and in terms of of where I put my trust in Kelly McCrimmon. When you look at the deals made for Chandler Stevenson and what that player specifically has brought to the table for this Golden Knights team, and you kind of see the same patterns with Matthias Janmark, I have to believe that that when, when the Golden Knights Pro Scouts identify a player they think will fit, and it's not necessarily that big name splash that, that you've come to expect from Vegas in, in Mark Stone and Robin Leonard in those moments. Like, I think that this is one of those trades where we're going to look back and say, that's why Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee and hockey operations for the Golden Knights have been so successful. They're able to identify a player that will seamlessly fit in and be more than what you expect him to be when you make that trade. So I'll sprinkle in a few names over the last couple of years. Colasar. Yep. Uh, Nick Waugh. Yep. Chandler Stevenson. Yep. And now 
uh, we have Matthias Yammer. Now, he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. So same situation that Robin Leonard was in a year ago. Gives you some flexibility. You see work or not. Uh, and uh, the, the optimistic part of you is this is going to be a great addition and the speed and the ability to work with Alex Tuck. So a, a lot of positives here, a lot of uh, areas that you like the Matthias Janmark, even though he wasn't one of those uh, high-profile names that, that you had circled going into trade deadline day. Uh, but there wasn't much of that happening anyway. This, this is a year in which all the favorites uh, kind of stayed away from, from big splashes. And the, the Taylor Hall trade went to a team that's right now battling for its, its playoff life. Like that, right. yeah. That's the type of uh, deal that we saw. Uh, Kelly McCrimmon did speak to the media today. Let's bring you some of that sound uh, right now. And we'll begin with the simple question, why Matthias Janmark? Well, he's got, uh, you know, he's got good experience in the league. He's got good playoff experience. He played in the Stanley Cup final. Um, very good utility to move up and down a lineup. So if you're in a situation where uh, injuries come into play, I think he's got a lot of usefulness uh, in that type of a scenario. Um, you know, a left shot, which uh, usually teams are looking for more right shots uh, than left shots. But I like the fact that uh, that he was a left shot. And, you know, again, we had a, a group of players that we were interested in that we, uh, you know, were doing work on you know, throughout the entire season as, as potential uh, candidates. And as it goes along, some of those players uh, don't become available for the, for trade. Some of those players perhaps sign contract extensions. Some of those players uh, perhaps end up in other teams. So there's a lot of things that, uh, that go into the process. And, you know, Janmark was a player that we held uh, in high regard. And when uh, we were uh, making our decisions this morning, felt that he was the best fit for our hockey team. It's a, a player that that really came on the radar last summer. And during the course of the bubble, Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee went to every single game in Edmonton yeah. until the Golden Knights were eliminated. And that that's not every single game that Vegas played. It was every <laughs> single game that was played in the bubble. Three games a day, George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon were there. And they made uh, notes and scouted every team, talked about it then. And, and because of being uh, the intimacy of being in the building and being able to watch so many teams, 12 teams inside that Western Conference bubble, uh, they were able to have a deep book with their own eyes hmm. on what they were witnessing uh, firsthand in pressure situations. Then you, you go forward a couple of rounds and it's Dallas against Vegas in the uh, in the third round, and Janmark's head to head. So all the the work that they've done going up to it, then they get to see Janmark against their own own club, and and how he stacks up, and that's really where today's transaction goes back to last August <laughs> in Edmonton inside that bubble, and being able to okay, I like this particular player. Now it's Von Karpen. Von Karpen goes and, and, and watches the, the player and sees a lot of him uh, because uh, Janmark had moved on from the uh, Dallas Stars and signed a one-year deal with the Chicago Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. Von Karpen uh, gives his report. Go. Uh, so there's two uh, thumbs up, and uh, you, you've also uh, decide on what the compensation that you're willing to give up. And it's, it's not a year-long process, but it certainly goes back to 
uh, that COVID bubble in Edmonton were the earliest uh, DNA uh, footprints for this transaction. And that's not uncommon for this organization. You mentioned Name and Nick Waugh, right? Like you see the the Golden Knights and and their ability to get a really good look at Nick Waugh in the Calder Cup final when the Charlotte Checkers took on the Chicago Wolves and and identifying a player in that series that if if there's an opportunity to make a trade and acquire that player, that's where you do your homework. So it's not an uncommon thing for the Golden Knights to identify those players and then stick with them until it's time to make that move. And in this case, this was the time on Matthias Janmark. More from Kelly McCrimmon now on what happened with the deadline day. And not a lot of trades today. Again, this was, this was part of the sort of uh, fabric of trade deadline 2021. It was depth deals. And when it comes down to the deadline, within a couple of hours of the bell striking noon Pacific time, where were you in trying to push this trade across the line or putting up your hand and say the price is too big? Were the Golden Knights comfortable with the status quo? We were prepared with the status quo, Ed. I think, uh, uh, you know, one of the things that you need from your team with a move or without a move is you need uh, you need people to continue to improve. You need to improve internally. And I, and I think that's the case with this trade or without that trade, I think, and, and I think you've seen that within our team here uh, over the course of the, of the last month, I would say. So that part of it is important. It, it wasn't, uh, you know, no trade was a very, real, a very real possibility. We made a trade, you know, probably two hours ahead of the deadline. So uh, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't out of the question that that could be, uh, could be the outcome uh, of the trade period. And if it, uh, if it was, we would have, uh, forged ahead pretty comfortable with our team we had a chance to uh, make our team better we felt the cost was one that we could afford and uh, and with that we added the player Yanmark is a primarily a winger but can play center if uh, if called upon and we'll line up with uh, the likes of uh, Nosek right now who is that third line center uh, along with Alex Tuck but he won't be in uniform until at least Wednesday because uh, he has to get to L.A. The, the team plays tonight. <laughs> uh, you know that. Uh, you're doing the pregame show I do. on the yes. Vegas Golden Knights radio network. But here's, here's one for you. And whatever you're doing, if, if we're on in the background uh, and you're, you're kind of half listening, you need to listen to this. <laughs> because this is something, this is a situation I have never heard before. I'm sure it's happened. I, I'm not naive enough to think that, uh, that, that just because I haven't heard of it, it's, it's never happened. but So, Yanmark is in Columbus where the Chicago Blackhawks play the Blue Jackets. Yes. Tonight. Mm-hmm. Chicago will fly back to the Windy City after the game. Because of COVID, and if you fly commercially, you have to quarantine, Yanmark is going to stay with the Blackhawks, watch tonight's game <laughs> against the Blue Jackets, Fly with his now former team yeah. back to Chicago where he'll catch a charter uh, to L.A. and hook up with the, the Vegas Golden Knights. I have never heard of that, where you spend the day with your former team and teammates and actually travel with them. But 
and and this is this is great because it all it all has to be worked out, right? Like sure. the Chicago Blackhawks have to agree to this, yep. and Stan Bowman and uh, that organization, classy. They say, yeah, absolutely, we'll we'll do what uh, we have to do. Everybody has to make uh, uh, themselves a little bit more flexible during this time. But uh, that's just another example of the influence of what everybody, society and so forth, sports teams, and how fluid and uh, able to pivot they have to be. Yeah, 100%. I mean, this is uh, obviously uh, a, a good a good look for the Chicago Blackhawks organization. This is something that was unique, and when I heard it, um, I was a bit floored, honestly, because, you know, it's got to be kind of a, a – I don't want to say uncomfortable situation, but it's unique, right? Like it's it's something that you don't see really ever in terms of, of trade deadline. You obviously you get players, they get traded, they start making their arrangements. But obviously in in the age of COVID, there's there's restrictions on what type of travel is, is going to yield the best results for the club that's getting the player. And I, I like the fact that the Chicago, the Chicago Blackhawks were open and and understanding of this situation and it allows Matthias Janmark to become an option sooner for the Golden Knights which is a good thing with just 16 games remaining yeah buys you an extra week yeah 100 percent and, and like player. and and that's the thing right like you 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 bring a guy in and you want to try to acclimate him as best as possible you want to maybe give a couple of different looks and get him into the lineup to really really get what that the sense of what that player is going to bring to the table for you within this system so it it is a a big positive for the golden knights to be able to potentially use him as early as wednesday just want to let you know at some point i'm gonna have to just jump off and then jump back you know that uh (laughs) i want to make sure chapman is prepared uh when i have to do that and then i'll i'll be back in the program just have to do a couple of little uh tv duties and uh, talk to jonathan marshall which i will tell you all about that conversation and give you the scoop before it even airs on the tv so that's that that's a real positive uh, about this uh yanmark uh with the uh with the skating ability can also kill penalties and gives you a little bit more uh, depth on, on that side of it. And one other point on this player. Mm-hmm. Really excited to be joining the, the Vegas Golden Knights. This is a guy that, uh, when when I talked to him on the uh, Vegas Golden Knights uh, trade deadline special, the live stream today with mm-hmm. Shane Knighty yep. and, and Gary Lawless, and we were chatting with them, uh, I, I don't know whether he let it slip or whether it was one of those ones where he was just so excited he wanted everybody to know. Uh, but uh, this was, like, circled right there because uh, he kind of knew he was going to be traded due to the fact that it was an expiring contract. Chicago's kind of fallen out of it uh, in, the, uh, in, the, in that central division, and uh, he's, he's a much sought-after commodity. Uh, when, when he was scratched the other night uh, to make himself uh, uh, – just ensure health uh, out of the utmost uh, precaution. He started looking around, and uh, he he made it sound like this past summer or past off season, not summer. This mm-hmm. past off season, when he was available, that he had checked out the Golden Knights, and there have been conversations. I haven't been able to confirm that with him just yet, but he alluded to uh, the fact that he is a big fan of the Vegas Golden Knights, and uh, and was uh, was very familiar with with everything that goes on with this team now he he certainly saw front firsthand in the bubble when yeah. they played that five game series but also the the interest wasn't just on the golden knight side uh the player while well, he doesn't have a say in it right now he had no no movement or didn't have any types of those uh protections this is 
what he was looking for was was a trip to Vegas to play for the Golden Knights. So it's it's one of those great phone calls where the manager in in uh, Kelly McCrimmon gets to make a player's week or day or month, whatever, uh, by bringing him in. And, uh, and he's got experience. Uh, he went to a final. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's great on both fronts. And it's just there's something about acquiring a player where they're not sad. You don't have to deal with any of that transition where it's just all in right now. Let's go. You know, it's interesting because we've talked about Vegas as a destination, not just because of of where Vegas is geographically, not just because it's a great place to live, not just because uh, the weather's always nice, but you also look to this team on the ice. They are a contender, and, and there's no player in the world right now that that isn't going to jump at the opportunity to potentially win a Stanley Cup. And so you get everything that you could ask for or want as a player here in Vegas. And all of those selling points are, are it doesn't really surprise me that much that you've got a guy that's incredibly excited to join this team, this organization right now in this moment to try to win a Stanley Cup in one of the best cities in the world. I'm, I'm trying to put myself in the fans' seat and position right now because your number one is magical and you add pieces at the trade deadline your number two is great and you add mark stone the most coveted piece at the trade deadline at the 11th hour yeah and your number three you go through it and there's more additions with robin letter and alec martinez and uh, nick cousins and you load up this year is more of a depth move and there's only one move and what i want to try and get across is this is not um, a step back by any means this is a real compliment to the maturity of this roster as a contender that you're not and it's also part and parcel to the salary cap and the sure. flat cap and, uh, and and the market that that we're in but but i think that that when you consider that Kelly was was up front, did not want to take a player off the roster just to make a move, uh, that adding a, a projected 20-goal score at the trade deadline, to, for that to be a depth move, is is a, the, one of the biggest compliments that you can give to the current roster that will play tonight against L.A. Yeah, and it, it speaks to your point just in terms of where the Golden Knights are at against the salary cap. That is... That is due to the fact that, you know, you have success year one and then you've got an organization, you've got an ownership group that is committed to winning and putting the right pieces in place to sustain the success that might have come as a little bit of a surprise in year one, but is something that this organization is steadfast in continuing to grow and nurture and build. And so, you know, in, in this year where you can add potentially uh, – someone that's projected out to be a 20-goal scorer as a depth move because you've built such a, a core group of NHL superstars, established NHL superstars, uh, that just gives you an idea of how deep this team is going into the postseason. Matthias Janmark, 10 goals this year. That's the same number as William Carlson. That's yep. one back of Jonathan Marcheseau, and that is a couple back from Mark Stone. That's pretty good. When when you're when you're running with that group, yeah. uh, Pat Pacioretty leads the team with 19, and Alex Tuck, who's uh, tailed off, has has 13. But Matthias Janmark is right in that same goal scoring area 
and as uh, and uh, as Jonathan Marchessault and William Carlson, and has more goals than Riley Smith and Chandler Stevenson. It, this depth depth can be looked in 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 two ways. One, insurance. Yeah. But depth is also potential, and and that's that's the part of depth in this scenario that I really look at. It's uh, it's the potential to really bring the more uh, more out of Alex Tuck and add to that true three line rotation uh, and creating those those mismatches that Pete DeBoer spoke so uh, passionately about going into last year's bubble that that is the principal part of of the advantage and the value of today's today's deal. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. When you when you start to look at teams that are successful and teams that go on on long runs, and I mean, you could even look at the Dallas Stars last season. There was a real balance to their lines, right? There was there were guys that could put the puck in the net on every single line, especially when Dallas went up against the Vegas Golden Knights. And while the the that was not a high scoring affair, you do get contributions that take you over the top in those key series so for me if you can add just more offensive uh, output and you can add more balance to your lineup in terms of being able to have a true top you know top nine and be able to rely on all three of those lines for scoring at any given time in the playoffs that makes you truly dangerous and and that's what I like about this pickup I think Yanmark's gonna have He's going to fit in really well here in Vegas, and he's going to provide that extra option in terms of offensive production that the Golden Knights could use in a seven-game series. You know what I really like about Keegan Colasar? Goes to the net. Goes to the net really hard. What I love about Alex Tuck is when he's producing, when he's on his game, he is not hesitant at all to go to the net hard yeah uh this player matthias janmark we showed the highlights on the uh, on the live stream today mm-hmm. and you get your your real look at uh at what he does well because they're highlights uh and every goal that he was scoring was right in front of the net either going to the far post hard or taking to the front of the net hard or causing uh havoc in in front of the net and creating a disruption hard and that is an area when you talk about uh creating offense and pete DeBoer says we, we're a great transition team we can get up and down the ice but when that goes quiet we have to generate goals in other areas yanmark is the type of player that can help you generate those chances and convert those chances when the uh high speed part of your game that transition part of your game isn't generating uh, the, the production like what we saw at times in, in the bubble. This just gives you a different layer, a different look, and, and also maybe a guy that can help you out in the power play in that same area with a bit yeah. of a net front presence. I, I think there's a, there's a couple of different uh, uh, places where Pete DeBoer has the versatility in this player to really give him give the team a different uh, uh, appearance down the final 16 games it's it's going to be interesting i'm excited to see the player i'm excited to see as we we kind of project it'll be yanmark with noshik and talk just kind of what that line is going to bring to the table and you know, we've, we've been saying it for a long time. You, you need somebody that, that can complement Alex Tuck, that can, that can really bring that element to the table. And for the Golden Knights, this has been a, an area that they've been, been tweaking and messing around with, trying to figure out the right combination. I'm excited to see what Matthias Yanmark does with this opportunity.
speed, right, on, yeah. on both wings. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's a winger. Uh, left shot, uh, speed on both, both walls. Way you go. Like, no sick. Just look up and, and <laughs> fire it one way or fire it the other way. Now, I, I don't think Janmark has quite the same wheels, uh, same league. Tucks in, in, a, in a different category sure. like with Chandler Stevenson. Yeah. We're talking high, high, high-end speed. But, but good wheels and, and can play. And with that, uh, he's 6'1", 195. He can, he can bang a little bit. But I, I, I think that, uh, that there's opportunity to open up the ice with that third line and whether it's uh Nosek or whether it's Wah, whoever ends up being uh the regular pivot and it may go may go back and forth right now Nosek's got the hot hand and he deserves uh to be right there uh so I, I and by the way that was one of the off-season deals uh Nosek re-signing and and I would kind of put that it wasn't a deadline day move sure but that's a that's another one of those complimentary uh signings that that Mc, Kelly McCrimmon made that that adds to the to the layers of this team. It would have been really easy, I think, in a cap crunch, to say we just don't have the money. We'll go from within, and and uh, and allow Thomas Nosek to walk. Uh, and instead, they were they found a way to make it work with the player, and that to me is starting to pay dividends right now. Now that he's healthy, and you're almost getting a two for one with Nosek rounding into form and Yanmar coming in. Uh, so I, I think that uh, that also complements what the organization has done. Now they have to put it together. Now yeah. they have to find a way in the final 16 games in this softer part of the, of the schedule over the next six to eight to pile up some points, establish some credibility uh, and consistency, and get that swagger back. Now I thought we kind of saw a bit of that swagger over the last two games. I, I agree with you there. I, I think you know you, of course you look at the seven the the seven four win and you say there's the offense that's the dynamic Golden Knights that we're used to. But it, I would even make the argument that the game last night against uh, Arizona, where you're able to really clamp things down defensively, it just shows the range that this team has, the comfort level in a high scoring game if that's where the game goes, or in a low scoring affair in which you've got to pay close attention to your defensive detail the golden knights are comfortable in both and they can win both and that shows the mark of a truly good nhl hockey team there are other names being bandied about today yeah i'm i'm really happy about this move now uh there is some reports of getzlav there's uh other reports of uh, of nolan patrick yeah and so many rumors going around and you see it and you wonder okay what what's the fit there what's the compensation there uh how do they make it work with getzlav he makes eight million dollars how many teams is he gonna have to funnel through uh that kind of, and, and and by the way Yanmark was was uh went by way of san jose who kept uh, a portion of the salary so he could come to... So he was traded by Chicago to San Jose, San Jose to Vegas. And they one of those Robin Leonard-type trades where Leonard went to uh, Chicago, Toronto, Toronto, uh, Vegas. Yep. Uh, uh, I, I wasn't sure about the fit. Uh, I, I like Janmark's speed mm-hmm. uh, and where he is. He's 28 years old uh, as opposed to the Getzlav. Getzlav's a Hall of Famer. He is. But... This this player right now for what you had to give up in the uh, in in the second and fourth, uh, I think it's 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 a great trade. I'm 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 really happy with what they were able to do. Yeah, I think this is one where you look at it and you you kind of 
take a look at some of the other rumors and you start to think mm -hmm. about what that might mean or how you what the avenue is knowing where the golden knights are at in terms of the salary cap but the fact that they were able to add a piece that right now again over the course of an 82 game season would be projected out at a 20 goal scorer and you don't lose anything off your roster i, I think for a team that's contending for the stanley cup that's as good of a day at the trade deadline as you're going to get other and, news uh, for you we'll uh, tell you what uh, happened around the national hockey league but right now it's uh, ryan wallace at the controls well, thanks, Darren Millard. We went a little <laughs> bit long in that first segment, so we're actually going to take a break right now, but we'll be back with a lot more here on the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports, Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Trade deadline day. The Golden Knights go out, make a splash, bring in Matthias Janmark. And, you know, we, we talked about it in that first segment with, with Janmark. He's a player that can play in many different roles throughout your lineup. And one of those guys that, that I think given the opportunity, especially when you factor in that he should start with Alex Tuck. It's it's that type of depth that, that you look at and you say, maybe this unlocks that consistent threat night in and night out for the Golden Knights and their third line. And that's the type of move a contender needs in order to potentially take that next step. I'm excited to see the player. I'm excited to see uh, what he can bring to the table starting as early as Wednesday. But right now, we've got some games to rate. And... You know, our rating system is fantastic. And for those of you that might be new here, our rating system is really on the continuum of art. And it ranges from, you know, terrible art to fantastic art. And as we give Chris Chapman a little bit of a reminder on what the rating system is and what is good and what is bad, we're going to get into it really quick here so there's a stick figure which is about the worst possible game you can have if you are rating the games the way that we do then there's ink blot that's a step above a stick figure you've got finger paint that's right in the middle wine and paint is better than average and bob ross is not perfection because bob ross that wasn't perfection but it was really really good art so We've got a 7-4 victory over the Arizona Coyotes. We've also got a one to nothing victory over the Arizona Coyotes. Let's go to Chris Chapman as he gives us his rating according to our artistic rating system for each game. Okay, well, I'll start with yesterday because it's more recent. Okay. And, and, and I'll go with the Bob Ross. I, th I thought they played a really good game. Uh, they pretty much neutralized the Coyotes. They shut them down. Right? They only allowed 14 shots, but it was the little things that they did. It was face-offs. It was uh, big hits, I guess, when, when you needed them. Um, it was staying out of the penalty box, and it was blocking shots, but it was also getting in the way of potential shots and not giving the Coyotes the opportunity to get shots off. Flurry, he got the shutout. Is he, I think he, did he move past Patrick Waugh or did he tie Patrick Waugh uh, on the all-time list? His 68th shutout. I mean, it, it, it was a really good game. It, it was it was near perfection. I mean, listen, I'm okay with them winning one nothing. Uh huh. I, I have zero issue with that. You win the game one nothing to me is the same as winning five nothing. 
It's the same as winning 7-4. I didn't think they played as good Friday night as they did last yesterday. Well, they also hit four posts in the game. But that 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 that, that doesn't matter. That, that doesn't count, right? Well, I'm, just, I'm just saying in terms of offensive looks, right? Like, I don't uh, think there was a big drop-off from, yeah, yeah, from yeah. where they were at I, Friday I, I, to I know Sunday. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a, a little bit closer, and all of a sudden it's a 4 nothing game, 3 nothing game. For sure. So, so you know, I, like I said, I thought they played better yesterday defensively than they did on Friday night. Friday night, there was a little bit of, a, I, I, I guess, a lull in the third period, right? It got interesting for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what what kind of worried me about Friday night and even a little bit yesterday, we, we heard it last week. I think it was after the St. Louis game that they lost. Our stars need to score goals. Okay. Well, Max Pacioretty scored a goal in uh-huh. that 7-4 win. But Riley Smith had to. Is Riley Smith a star or is he just a really good role player? I think he's a, I mean, I think he, you count on him to be a star, right? He's in your top six. To me, he, he's a, he's, he's like a, you, you need him to produce, right? Like, my, that's but, one but of the he's players. Not, you, he's not one of the highest paid guys on the team. I, right? I, I understand he's not one of the highest paid players on the team, but my argument is he's in your top six, right? So there yeah. is a, a, a need for him to produce. Like, there is a need for Riley Smith to produce more than Will Carrier, more than Ryan Reeves. Therefore, you rely on Riley Smith to score more often. Yeah, but, but I mean, I, I don't look at Riley Smith and Chandler Stevenson as stars. Well, Chandler Stevenson is your top-line center. But he's not a star. He's a good player. He's not a star. To me, has, you're, the, top you're... Line been, has the top line looked as good with anyone other than Chandler Stevenson? No, no. But that doesn't make him a star. He, I think, he, he's a, like I, to me, your stars are Max Pacioretty, Alex okay. Petrangelo, um, obviously Mark Stone. I think we're getting maybe, caught up on William the idea. Carlson. I think we're getting caught up on the word star. If you're in the top six, you need to produce. Yeah, yeah. Riley but, Smith is in the top six, therefore he needs to produce. Max Pacioretty, top six, needs to produce. Mark Stone, top six, needs to produce. Like whatever, regardless of whatever name you want to attach to it, if you are getting the most minutes predominantly the most minutes on this team in those key roles you have to produce and the fact that Riley Smith is able to get two goals in that game that's important for the Golden Knights moving forward you need him scoring more often than he is right now yeah that's how you know and, and and I don't I don't disagree with you I think we just have a have a little bit of a hold up on what what constitutes a star and, and what doesn't like to me when when Mark Stone is is calling out the stars He's calling out himself. He's calling out Pacioretty. He's calling out Marsha. So I don't think Riley Smith is one of those guys that, that's in that group of quote-unquote stars. I think that when Mark Stone says the guys that get paid to score goals need to score goals, I think Riley Smith is right there. But I think Riley Smith does so much more for you than just score goals. But, again, you still need him to produce if he's in your top six. Like, if Riley Smith's on your third line and he's going through a drought and he's not scoring, then, then there's a little bit of a difference there. But when you've got a guy that's, on your, that's in your top six, I, I think you look at that situation and you say to yourself, you need to produce. Regardless of if you want to attach the name star or you want to call him a really good role player, it all means the same when you're getting the type of minutes that Riley Smith is getting that you need more production from that. And when the Golden Knights get two goals from Riley Smith, most nights they, are, they tend to win. Like when you get production from that player, it, it is a net positive for the Golden Knights. And, and that, is, that is really where the, the majority of what we're talking about here lands. You need one one be- was a shorthanded goal, correct? It was, yeah. Okay. You, 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 need your, 
your most gifted offensive players to chip in and score goals offensively. Riley Smith does so much for this team on the defensive end of the puck. He kills penalties. He's incredibly valuable in terms of everything else that he does. And then that value goes over the top when he's able to produce and score goals. When Riley Smith is productive, this team wins hockey games. What I liked in the 7-4 victory was that the Golden Knights put that game away within 10 minutes of the first period starting. Like, I loved the, the ability to go in, rattle the Coyotes, and then absolutely take away their desire to play that game through 40 minutes. Granted, the Arizona Coyotes pushed back in the third period, but I, I look at that game, and that to me is a wine and paint. You score seven. It's a team that has, has kind of been in a little bit of a drought, or at least they've been inconsistent with their offensive performances. So you get seven. That's a positive. Yes, Arizona pushes back, but my argument is Riley Smith scores that goal in the third period to kind of halt the momentum, and then the Golden Knights shut it down defensively the rest of the way. That's the type of response you want to see in a blowout game like it was for the Golden Knights. It's a wine and paint for me. That's about as high as I can go. It's certainly not a Bob Ross, though when you score seven goals and four within the first ten minutes of a game, it should be a Bob Ross. It's not there for me. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I'm at, I'm at wine and paint, too. I mean, I just feel like they played better yesterday than they did on on Friday and yeah I I don't disagree with you there I I think that when you look at the Golden Knights game last night as as through 60 minutes as controlled an effort as you could probably get possibly get from this team they were really really good defensively there were layers to their game in the defensive zone and there wasn't really much going on for the Arizona Coyotes yes Marc-Andre Fleury early on had to make some some key saves but throughout the remainder of the game it was really the Golden Knights clamping things down from a defensive aspect that's as close to a Bob Ross as you can possibly get yeah it was it was it was I think it was one of the best games they've played all season so wine and paint Bob Ross that's what you got yep okay fantastic I think Darren Millard is uh, is still tied up with Jonathan Marcheseau doing his television teeth and hair stuff so Chapman I got something to tell you about okay have you heard of the draft for dough contest I have not I assume you're going to tell me all about it though all right, Draft for Dough, Fox Sports, Las Vegas, and the DeHart team at Nova Home Loans are giving one winner $1,000 in cash and a $250 Raiders Image Store gift card for making the right picks on day one of the draft. Go to lvsportsnetwork.com and pick your first 17 draft choices. You may win $1,000 in cash and a $250 Raiders Image Store gift card from the DeHart team at Nova Home Loans. Your picks must be in by Wednesday, April 28th. Open to Nevada residents 18 or older. Complete rules available at lvsportsnetwork.com. Chapman, you're not eligible to win. Damn, I was just going to ask you. I want that Raider Image gift card. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's well, pretty awesome. $1,000 isn't too bad either. But you're, you're also not like an NFL GM, so I don't think you, even if you, like, let's just do it for fun. Okay. And then we'll, we'll keep track of, of who has the, the, the best opportunity, who has the best draft order I, come I, draft day. I think I could pick the first two right, and I think all you have to do is know anything about the NFL, and you're going to get the first two right. So I'm not, I'm not slapping myself or patting myself on the back for that one. Um. I mean, I know that Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl. That's about all I've got. The Jacksonville Jaguars have the first pick in my beloved and (laughs) 
torturous <laughs> New York Jets have the second that I, I have a feeling I know where they're going with that after they traded their quarterback last week. So uh, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out picks one and two. Okay, well, there's that. Thank you, Chapman. We will revisit this as we continue to get closer and closer to the draft for Doe. Again, complete rules available at lvsportsnetwork.com. Good news of the day is coming up next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. It's time for the good news of the day on the VGK Insider Show. The good news of the day is brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union, prioritizing people over profit and Marc-Andre Fleury, or Marc-Andre Donuts, as he's affectionately known here in Vegas, a double milestone moment last night. Fleury picked up his 66th career shutout, tying him with Patrick Waugh at 15th all-time in NHL career shutouts. So not bad, tying Patrick Waugh, and then picking up his 484th career victory, that ties Marc-Andre Fleury with Ed Belfour for fourth all-time on the NHL's win list. That is a double milestone moment for Marc-Andre Fleury in one afternoon, tying Ed Belfour, fourth career wins, and tying Patrick Waugh, 15th, career shutouts that's pretty impressive it's one, not bad what one that it's it's eddie eddie the eagle who had a hall of fame career uh free agent too uh by the way was never drafted and and so there's there's that uh, and you're right behind roberto luongo so you're you're inching up to towards number three all time and the other side of it to do it on the same game <laughs> as you tie patrick watt who french canadian goaltending like we all love Patrick Waugh, but when you're French-Canadian, it, it goes up uh, a level or two. To do that in the same game, not, not too many times you can wrap a puck uh, with, uh, with white tape and grab the Sharpie and write uh, ties Patrick Waugh and Ed Belfort. <laughs> Enormous. One of the greatest pucks that, that, that will be part of Marc-Andre Fleury's career collection. Who would you trust that puck to? Uh, well, you know what I just found out today? There's Speaking a reason of trust. I oh, really? I was so you heard that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. I had no idea that Shane Knighty, after he'd scored his first National Hockey League goal, and the organization gets it, the trainer gets it, whatever, yeah. uh, he never saw it again. <laughs> he, he never had possession uh, of his first goal puck. No, normally, the trainer gets it. You post with a picture in today's NHL, mm-hmm. and the team will send it away, and it gets plaqued. And with the inscription, everything, blah, 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 blah. No idea. And then Shane said the trainer got fired that year, so, <laughs> so he couldn't even go back and go, ah, you know, like what happened there? Yeah. I, I, and, and, I mean, I'm, I haven't known Shane forever. We, we were born in the same place. But uh, I had no idea that that story, or else I, I would have treaded a little softer around that topic. It, you know, in, in listening to it, I, at first I was like, oh, no, what did Mallard do? But then when, when I could sense your genuine surprise yeah. and shock at the story, I, I actually believed in that moment that you weren't just trying to stir the pot. You were Trying to be me. You were generally surprised by that story from Shane. I, I enjoy poking and prodding yeah. uh, Gary Lawless and uh, 
yourself yeah. and, uh, to it a shows. certain extent uh, uh, Dave Gosher uh, but but that I, I stay very uh, at arm's length from from Shane Knighty like <laughs> you don't have to convince me in good times or bad to be socially distant from Shane Knighty he just uh, he's he's got that fear factor to him and there's there's part of Shane where if he's beaking you yeah. If he's chirping you, that means you're you're in. But even at that, there's that just that part of his look in his eye where you go, oh, I think I'm going to just hold back a little bit on this one. Well, that's fantastic. Big, he's a big it's good. kid. He's a big it's, kid. It's good to know that there's somebody that scares you just a little bit. But I will say this. I've never seen him smile bigger yeah. as when he was telling the story about how he was uh, pulled off the plane <laughs> and told that he was traded to Nashville. Like, there's just there's certain places like Vegas is an amazing place to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nashville is just just Vegas East, and and the the smile on Shane's face as he was telling the story. Okay, um, we have a good team in Ottawa, but I'm going to go to Nashville. Nashville, and they're making a run, and hockey's really catch. Nash, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll grab my bags with it. Now, he didn't have to fly with Ottawa like uh, like Matthias Janemark is going to have to do with his former team tonight right. and, and fly back uh, back forward. Oh, by the way, I meant uh, I mentioned Siegenthaler the other day, uh, earlier in the show, it, Carl Soderberg was the player that the Colorado Avalanche uh, picked up. I'm uh, a little bit, uh, there's the odd uh, name that's just uh, sifting through my memory banks uh, today as, as we run around. But at least the fire alarm's off here. Well, that's good. Uh, um, really uh, quick, yeah. do you want to give a rating for the Golden Knights uh, two games against Arizona? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go Bob Ross. From where they were to the swagger, and I just chatted with uh, with Jonathan Marshall, and I'll bring you some of that uh, at, at the top of the hour. Yeah, but uh, but Bob Ross for me, abso- absolutely uh, strong defensively, uh, strong starts. Uh, I, I think there was a good mixture of both and swagger. Just just they had that that look back to them. Uh, they were pushed, uh, and they responded. They took the initiative when it was there, and uh, re- really strong performance. I was impressed. Good deal. That was the good news of the day, brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union, prioritizing people over profit.